0: Listening to Meet and Write, a podcast that dives into liturgical worship and how communion really begins after church. Well, welcome everyone to another episode at the Meet and Write podcast. We're happy to have with us Father Theodore Ghelli, who is a priest uh, at our, my neighboring state in Nashville, uh, St. Verena, American Coptic Orthodox Church. So, thank you, Abuna, for your time uh, for us having this great conversation. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, something we all notice in liturgy there is a lot of movement going on like you know if we say okay we well, come to church and pray like why can't I just stand still pray close my eyes lift up my hands something subtle like that like why all the movement around like is it just to burn calories is it good for our health like what's the reason of why the church is doing all these moving why just keep it simple right I mean since we're, we're using bread and wine simple elements so our movement should be simple but in other words but the opposite there's a lot of movement going on so the high-level question to kind of begin our
1: conversation, Abuna, is why on earth are we moving a lot? Yeah, actually, that's a really good question, especially for someone who either is the first time coming to church or maybe you've been to church for a long time, but you've never seen like sort of the or never taken time to like learn about sort of the movements. It does seem very hectic, very confusing. Uh, one of the things I would say, first of all, is that there's definitely a rhyme or reason. So if you were to pay close attention to what Abuna's doing is doing during the service, you'll find he's doing similar things every single time. Uh, one of the things that uh, that is actually really important to note is that all of those movements have really deep, significant meaning. And so, you know, one of the things I would love to reiterate with people is that once you know the meaning of behind the movements, once you understand what he's doing and why he's doing it, you understand not only what he's doing, but you understand maybe what am I supposed to be doing while that's kind of going on.
0: Yeah. And, and it, you make a great point of one of this should be a reminder for us. It's not like the church woke up one day and said, you know what, we should just do this random thing beginning this Sunday. No, everything has a rich meaning in its expression. So it's this external expression of an internal truth that's being expressed in everything, including... The way we walk as well. Yeah. So one thing we notice that for someone who is not used to orthodoxy, this seems extremely funny to see, is that there's almost like a, a Tom and Jerry. <laughs> <it was> like, <laughs> there's like this chase happening around the altar in which, sure. you know, the priest is sensing and then you see someone on the other side of the altar with a cross, but they're moving, you know,
1: they're moving back and forth around what is going on. Yeah. So actually uh, that's happening uh, during matins and it happens again during uh during liturgy in the in the Pauline, before the Pauline is read. Um, and actually the priest has a bunch of litanies that he's praying. He's praying for the peace of the church, he's praying for the fathers, he's praying for the congregation. And the deacon is actually standing opposite him and, and responding to those prayers. So those inaudible prayers have inaudible responses uh, from, the, from the deacons. And so, you know, one of the things that is uh, kind of nice to know is like, it, it's good to know what prayers are being said, because like i was mentioning before like we have a role too as the congregation we're not yeah. watching a theater of things happening yeah so when when the deacon or when the priest is saying you know pray for the peace of the one holy catholic even if he's saying it inaudibly you know and and the deacon is actually even though he's saying it inaudibly he's saying he's commanding the congregation pray for the peace of the one like remember the, the the church yeah remember the fathers yeah. remember the people who are assembled yeah and so when when we're when we're singing the hymns if you find a sign like a silent time or a couple seconds that's a good time for you to you know like pray for those around you pray for the peace of you know the pope or the bishop or, or the or the priests of the church things like that you know there's a role for us that to to to, to be doing while when is like you said doing that tom and jerry code of motion around the altar
0: yeah and, it, and it's good that the church gives us that like you're saying even if it's being prayed inaudibly by the by the celebrant and the deacon it reminds me to push my prayers past myself. Maybe, like, my prayers are, oh, God, help me with my, you know, this issue, my test, this work, but you know, my this friendship. But the church is encouraging us to push to pray for people bigger than myself, for things bigger than myself.
1: Actually, you know, that's one of the... When, when we talk a lot about liturgical prayer, or, for example, when we talk about the Prayer Book of Hours, the Igbeya, many people have time, have a problem with it. They find it very restrictive. But what I like to tell them is it's actually it's teaching me how to pray and what to pray about. Mm. Because... Would I always think to pray for the Pope who's thousands of miles away? Yeah. Do I, would I always think uh, to pray for you know the, the assembly of people around me in the church if I don't really know them? But the church is actually teaching you, actually no, you are part of the one body. You do need to pray for these people, and this is the time you're gonna pray for them. they just, just teaching you how to pray. Yeah, absolutely. So we noticed too, when I like that after
0: the the three time or six times, depending how you look at it, of, of, of the priest and the deacon going around, the priest then goes around with the censer. Okay, I'm with you. We're, we're praying for these people and elements bigger than myself and bigger than my own issues. And I'm participating inaudibly as well with the, with the priest and with the deacon. But then the priest, you know, didn't have enough there. He ends up going <laughs> around the church as well.
1: What is going on there? Yeah, so actually there are really two big things that are happening that I think are, are really important. The first thing is he's sensing the icons and he will say a small prayer of intercession, asking for the intercession of the particular saint uh, in that icon. And what you'll find in the church is, while the priest is doing that, in most instances, the church itself, the congregation is also Having some sort of hymn or glorification to the saints. Yeah. So, for example, in uh, in matins and vespers, we're praying the doxologies. Uh, during the liturgy, we are praying the the hymns of the intercessions. And so, it, it's a nice reminder for us that again, the body of Christ constitutes the the people who have departed, the saints who have departed, and are the cloud of witnesses, mm. as well as the the struggling church church on earth. So. That's a nice time for me to ask for prayers and intercessions from the saints themselves. If I'm not uh, singing along during the hymns and intercessions or doxologies, if I have a patron saint to ask for their intercessions, you know, that's a wonderful time as a congregation member to do that. I I love it as a priest when, like, especially in the hymn and intercession, the verses line up (laughs) with where we're sensing,
0: you know, because it really, like you're saying, it really adds to... um, you know this feeling of that we are literally praying with a cloud of witnesses. There is no limits between us and those who have departed, you know, uh, before us. So there is this this communal worship that transcends limitations of time. Yes. So, uh, so I love that.
1: Part. The the other really nice thing is like when when the priest is walking past, if he's not sensing icons he goes around and he says, you know, the blessing of the Vestor's prayers be with you all. Or if it's during the Pauline, you know, say the blessing of St. Paul and the Pauline Epistle be with us all. It shows you sort of the, the reverence that we have, like that it actually is a, a, a blessing and, and it's, it's it's a privilege to be able to be standing and hearing the word of God, to be able to attend the raising of incense in, either in the morning or evening. So it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful concept that the church is trying to teach us. You know, you're not just here at this random place. This is This is a, a holy place. Something special is happening. You know? Yeah.
0: What recommendation would you have for the average Joe, if I see you know the priest going around with the censer, and 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 obviously just the smell and and the imagery of 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 the incense and the censer helps or encourages me to be in prayer, but what recommendation would you have for me and to 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 be strategic in my prayer during, yeah. This how can I get the most bang for? What should yeah, I be praying about? Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's an awesome question. Actually, I th- I think the 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 thing that the church actually directs us to do is uh, prayers of repentance. So I should be um, doing a little bit of self-examination, thinking of myself. You know, what are the things this week that I that I did that maybe weren't so pleasing to God? What are the things that I'm in need of of, of reconciliation or repentance with God? Because actually, towards the end of the of the circuit. The priest, as he's going around, it's as if he's gathering the the sins of all the people, and then he goes up to the altar, and he takes, you know, symbolically, he's taking the sins of all the people. And he goes up and he, he senses the altar, and he says, just like you forgave the thief on the right hand, forgive the sins of the people. So if I, as a priest, am walking around collecting the sins, you know, give me something to collect, you know, pray, pray for those sins, ask for repentance so that we can take those sins on the altar as a community and go up into the altar. And the altar is where we receive the forgiveness of sins, right with the body and blood of Christ. So it's a, it's a wonderful symbol and a very powerful imagery of um, repentance. So I mean, that, if, I, if I had to say one thing that we would do that, that would be like uh, prayers of repentance. And it's a great visual that like I'm coming, bringing my sins
0: to the priest, to the altar. And 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 it's taken on on the, the,
1: Jesus is taking that burden and then I come and partake of him to have life. So it's a great vision. You know the the you know, like when people come and confess, a lot of times they say, you know, after I walk out of the confession I feel like a weight is lifted yeah. off my shoulders kind of thing. I the church is trying to teach me well I can have that Small moment there in the liturgy, yeah right? I can I relieve my burden of those sins. They're not mine anymore. I I gave them to the priest. I'm taking them to the altar. I I'm going to. I've obviously repented and confessed about them, and I'm and I'm coming now to partake in the Eucharist. You know, in a worthy manner, yeah. because uh, those sins have been like sort of forgiven me on the on the altar. So. Yeah, yeah.
0: And obviously, I'm stating the obvious, but it includes the priest as well. Of like course, we're saying, of course. Lord, accept our you know our our prayers just in our repentance just as you accept the right hand thief so it's including all of us um, oh, yeah, communally for, for this corporate worship for sure so w- we also notice to one of that like a priest or, or a bishop when, when they are you know going around the church with the censor it's not just venerating the icons that there is some touch involved as well like coming to the pulpit coming to other things you know why? okay, like I'm with you sensing and venerating icons. I get that. Obviously, it's not the wood, but it, it's it's you know the the, the the sand on the icon. but you know, what's your response to like, why are you touching things? Like, yeah.
1: so actually, you know the, the Orthodox Church generally, when we worship, we're worshiping with all of our senses. And so when we go, uh, I think what you're referring to is you know when the when the priest is doing the circuit of incense, one of the things he does is he'll go to the pulpit where the where the gospel is, and he will take the blessing of the word of God, and he's touching the word of God. And because physically, you know, the, my whole body is is participating in worship. The smells, the sights. My, I'm using my 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 ears. My you know, all my senses are, are being engaged. So I touch the the word of God to take the to blessing of the of the word of God. Also, if you happen to have uh, relics, uh, part of a the body of a of a saint. Uh, in the church they will go to the to the relic and, and and touch the relic and take the blessing also even actually if there's another priest
0: yeah they will true. go and
1: offer incense to the other priest and actually they will touch the other priest yeah. because the the priesthood he's representing he's an icon of Christ mm. and so they they go to the priest to, to take the blessing of the priest or the bishop if the bishop is uh, is 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 there yeah you
0: know, we also get this to want to just psychologically, like we touch things. I mean, even to greet people, I mean, we greet each other like with a touch. Just, you know, it's not just, you know, you know. It, there's a there's a touch involved because we need that. Just psychologically, we're wired to feel connected with people or items through a touch. So obviously the church is using that psychological component for our spiritual enrichment as well. Yeah, for sure. So sometimes we notice that a priest would sent the entire church and really get to the back of church and then come back to the front. But then sometimes he does like a condensed version where it's like (laughs) just in the front. So is it out of laziness or is it like, you know, explain why sometimes the the sensing involves the entire church and sometimes it just involves like, you know, the front half.
1: Yeah, it's good. I mean, I I appreciate when people are paying Uh, that much attention and detail to what the priest is doing because like I said when you understand what's going on you can meditate on the thing that the church is intending you to meditate on. So um, yes there is a difference between actually during the liturgy of the word while we're reading uh, the readings of the day there are two different uh, circuits of incense. The one circuit of incense that is done right before the Pauline epistles read he does what you said he goes around the entire church and that's sort of representing that St. Paul preached to basically the entire known world when, uh, when he was preaching, mm-hmm. whereas the disciples, when he was reading the, the, the other circuit, which is about the Acts of the Apostles, the the other circuit is done sort of just sort of close to the altar, right in the front area, because they had a specific mission to a specific country, and then they and most of them actually were martyred, but they didn't go to the entire world. Yeah, uh, and so the priest is sort of uh, symbolically showing that during the difference between the Saint Paul and his missionary trips and uh, the apostles and their and their various missions throughout the throughout the world.
0: Yeah, and you know I I, I guess and as far as I know, all circuits are counterclockwise just to remind us that like this is outside of time us to participate in god and abide in him we're going against the limited view or dimension of time in which we are aware of like we're we're participating in a in a d- divine dimension of time so this is why it will be counterclockwise
1: yeah and i mean it's 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 really honestly when you when you when you go into the depths of learning about all the things there's nothing done haphazardly yeah. in the church yeah. all these things have deep meaning and as as a way for me to put myself into a heaven, I mean, to, if we're honest, it's hard for us to get into a realm of of quiet and solitude and, and spirituality and holiness. The church is doing everything it can to help you get into that sort of mindset so that you can have a proper like environment to, to pray.
0: Yeah, and, and, and obviously stating the obvious, but it's not about legalism as far as is the end of the world if I sense... No, yes, it, yeah. You know, it, it, it's just not you like You know, God's when Christ
1: life. says, you know, the, the, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the yeah. Sabbath, those rights are, are made for you to meditate on and to benefit from. Yeah. It's not that the rights in and of themselves have some sort of magical superstitious power. Yeah. If we were to do it clockwise, did it not count kind yeah. of a thing. It's more like, when we do it counterclockwise, I remind myself that we're outside mm-hmm. of time, and so it's, there's a blessing and there's a benefit in that. Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, when when I start thinking of the richness and the history of of all the different elements and expressions that are used in liturgical worship, and I'm part of something so big and so deep and rich, it it, it kind of points back at like how little I am, and, or even makes me feel like my sins even come before me, and and, and I feel like man, like, I, I don't, I don't deserve to, 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 I don't belong here. Like, you know, I, I'm here I am, we're, we're participating with the saints and, 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 and all these, all these things are so holy, including, you know, just how we walk around. And I, I feel like I don't have any value. I feel less of myself. How does the church guide me or hold my hand to, to elevate me for me to know that like, yes, I am unworthy, but I am still participating of something so big for my edification. Yeah,
1: that's an awesome question because many times, people, especially if they're coming to church after not being at church for a while, or maybe it's their first couple times coming into church, think to themselves, you know, Churches where holy people come to hang out and talk about how holy they are. Mm. Uh, when in actuality, you know, St. John Chrysostom and, and, and many people talk about the church as a hospital. Mm. And if you're gonna go to a hospital, what are you gonna find in a hospital? A bunch of sick people. Yeah. And so it, it's okay, it's expected that you're gonna find people who are sinners within the church. We're coming to ask for the forgiveness of our sins. And actually the church sort of never makes us fall into this sort of low self-esteem, woe is me kind of thing. Speaking about, you know, when we're talking about the circuit of incense, one of the things that we do when, when the priest does the Cross of Incense and he faces the East and then he senses and he faces the icon of St. Mary and he senses and he ends up facing St. John the Baptist's icon and he senses. When he's facing the West, when he's facing the people, he says, Hail to the choir of the angels, to my masters and fathers, the apostles, and to the choir of the martyrs and all the saints. And so he's, he's, he's giving a, a sort of a, a, a veneration to all the saints. But he's doing it facing West as if to say, And you guys are have the ability to be that part of that group of people who we're talking about you also can be those saints Mm. so it's very like an uplifting message for me that i I also can be part of that group i'm called first of all i'm called to be part of that group and it's within my within my ability with the grace of god to to be in that group as well
0: yeah and it it can as we continue to move eastward and and participate in this journey of abiding in him all this points to exactly what you're saying abuna for us to hear the words that the holies are for the holy yes so it's it's coming full circles that the church is, is in a way venerating me along with the, the icons and I'm among them and I'm coming with my brokenness with my sins to abide in him
1: yearning to be become holy my my original design for me to be uh, holy. and I mean this is this is what Christ asks us right he said ask us to recognize that we're sick ask for the forgiveness so that in order for me to be healed that's yeah. that's the process that we're trying to go through every time I go to liturgy yeah. Very well.
0: Thank you so much, Abuna, for shedding light on the movements of, of, of the church and how it's part of our liturgical worship uh, for our salvation. So yeah, Thank you so much. Appreciate you for having me. You have been listening to Meet and Write. For more episodes and resources, make sure to check out Coptic Hymns in English.com.